0: Welcome back to the Latin Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Croutume de Dauphiné Stage 4 TT from Montbrison to La Batie, Fe, 32 kilometers long, the longest TT. I feel like we've covered in quite a while in a stage race, like the Giro ones were pretty inconsequential, and this had little elevation. It was a fast TT, sort of 53, uh, close to 54 kilometers an hour average for the winner with two intermediate time checks, about 12 minutes in and 23 minutes in. So it'd be about a 35-minute TT for the best all up. But as always, this show is brought to you by our show partners, Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes training fun. Maybe if you're in the Southern Hemisphere going into winters, Zwift is the perfect training companion to keep on top of those fitness goals as well as some base winter training to complement maybe your outdoor rides to keep things interesting. If you want to check it out, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial down below. But art well, disappointment yesterday. Disappointment the day before when they didn't catch the moles, He was in the leader's jersey going into the stage. Remember, Filippo Ganna on the climb yesterday didn't even try to hang on Maybe that made the difference today because Ghana wins the TT by two seconds, which is nothing over 35 minutes ahead of Wampenat. Hayter a very nice third on 17 seconds. Ineos, two on the podium. Catania fourth on 39 seconds. Roglic, fifth. I had him for... Pushing top three, 42 seconds back. Durbridge in very nice top six, 53 seconds. That bike exchange setup is quick. Jonas, seventh, 112. Caruso, eighth, 125. Gegenhart ninth, 131. His best TT in a while. And Ayuso, tenth, 134. I'll go through the rest of the GC guys in a second, but just Ganna wins again, Benji. And I wonder how much the Organizer's skin suit and that rest yesterday made the
1: difference. Yes, and not only that, I feel like there were plenty of things that could have influenced today's race between Gana and Wout Aert here, because Ghana started so early. He starts with riders every minute ahead of him, for example, but he also apparently had better wind conditions, and in Wout Fennard's time trial, there were also rainy parts towards the end of his time trial, so all that can influence this race of both riders. Wout had two riders that he passed during the time trial, which was Lafayette. And, well, technically one rider that he passed, and he tried to pass Godou, but Godou was too strong for that today. But um, that's all an influence on these time trials, and it's going to be impossible to, like, calculate what was the indicator, what was the part that made Ghana win this over Vanard. But I feel like it's pretty obvious that Vanard started very strong, getting 10 seconds ahead of Ghana at the first time check. The second time check, he lost a lot. Like, was it 22 seconds swing to then be 10 seconds behind?
0: Yeah, so from 12 minutes to 23 minutes in, Van Aert, uh lost 22 seconds. That was in no small part due to Ganner's, uh, I'm trying to get around the split, he did a really fast T1 to T2, like disproportionately fast. Hater as well, Hater's T2 to finish was the best, but Ganner did 10.54, In that slower, quote-unquote, slower section, it was 51 k's an hour, he clearly did the most power there in that section. And Van Aert, he lost 21 seconds, yes, just in that section to him. So interesting pacing strategies because, yeah, at T1, Van Aert went eleven seconds quicker. So Hater as well. As I said, I'm trying to bring up Hater's T two to the finish, four seconds quicker than Van Aert. Van Aert then took nine seconds back on Ghana in the T2 to the finish, which was the faster section. So I don't know I don't know Bigham works for he did work as or some consultancy work with Jamba in the past. He's now at Ineos as a consultant or almost um, like employed staff. And I presume he's helping out with the pacing strategies, etc., related to the TT. And yeah, even Gagan Hart's performance today was much better than I expected. Um, that's a really good TT, but yeah, did a rain for Van Aert. We didn't see Ganna. Uh, it was before live coverage started. I presume he had plenty of minute men. Van Art certainly had plenty of minute men. He was catching in the final. He didn't catch Guddu at the end, uh, but it's, yumbo you visma fan, you might want to close your ears for this bit. But it's been a tough three days for Yumbo. They don't catch Viermoz. He wins and goes into yellow. Van Art wins the reduced bunch sprint after they pace too late. They pace yesterday on maybe a stage that suits Roglic. Van Art comes second but takes yellow. And maybe that yellow jersey was just two, three seconds slower today, causing him to come second. Maybe not. I mean... People said they're improved now, but I don't know, like do Jumbo-Visma custom fit Roglic and Van Aert and Jonas with the whatever the ASO skin suit is in advance. That would make sense to me. Um, but what are the GC guys, Benji? Who do you – like this is a good opportunity before the Tour. We can look at who's improved their TT, who hasn't, I think, for the Tour de France. I think O'Connor's was really quite good.
1: Yeah, I think O'Connor did a great time trial as well for his standards compared to the ones he did before. Gegenhard as well, you mentioned it. That's one I didn't expect to be that good in this time trial. He uh, has a great time trial here, and it's the last portion that is his strongest side of the time trial here. I'm also intrigued by Caruso. Caruso always has been a, a pretty good time trollist, and usually in the third week time trials, he does even better, like the Verona third week Giro time trial. That's the stuff where he would shine and potentially get a top five at the end. But I'm curious what he can do as like a rider that is said to be going to the Tour de France. Haig is said to be going to the Tour de France. What that combination is going to be like in that race, I don't know, but Hage is clearly not the greatest time trollist in the world. Let's be honest about it.
0: Yeah, it's been a bit of a thorn for him. You'd think, I mean, Mass, what did he put into today? Uh, seven seconds or so? No, 12 seconds. Mass put into him, then O'Connor, as you said, top 10. That makes. Oh no, where did it kind of come on the stage? 14th, 146. Just like a competent TT, that's 20 seconds, and that matters a lot in a one week race. Going to the revised GC now. Fanart, still in yellow, obviously. Now, much bigger gap. 53 seconds ahead of Catania. Uh, we'll talk about with the Catania what he can do here. Roglic, 56 seconds. Jonas on 126. So, Jambavisner, 1 one three four. Right now, Hays are on 126-2. The other team's GC contenders for Bahrain. Caruso on 139. So that's... Ooh, let me do some quick maths. 43 seconds behind Roglic. Gaganhart's best part of 50 seconds behind him. Jorgensen, nearly a minute. O- O'Connor, over a minute. And Mass, a minute 10. So that's a lot for the mountain stage uh, coming up. I think. I mean... This wasn't Roglic's best TT, Benji. Like, what would the odds have been on Catania beating Roglic head-to-head in a TT like this?
1: Well, to be honest, like, Catania in last year had good time trials. It's just that Catania this year has had pretty terrible rides the entire season. And it's kind of the first race now that he has good results again this year. So this year, I would never have expected to get Catania ahead of Roglic on a time trial like this. In a year like last year, it was at least a possible for that to occur. But I, um, I surely expected Roglic to do better in Catania. but I would have expected him to get roughly full for so on this time trial. I personally had Hater Van Aden, Genna all three ahead of him, but that might just be me. Or did you expect Roglic to actually top three here?
0: Uh, I thought he could push Hater, but then he really does prefer the Helia ones, doesn't he? Like the Olympics, yeah. he beat the pure G, uh, pure TT guys, Gunnar Kuangwath and Dennis, Dumelin. He destroyed all of them. That obviously had a lot of climbing, and the t t s he sort of really likes is the one in the final uh, proper stage of the Tour, stage twenty, which is forty-one k's and has like. He finishes with a fifteen hundred meter eight percent climb. Maybe actually that's a bit too much because you gotta get out of the extensions. It's like rolling hills. I think that's much better for him, uh, and his punchy style. But yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit less than what I expected from him, but at the end of the day, he's still <laughs> still like a minute ahead of everybody else. So Yeah like and I think he was taking it easy in those chicanes. He was Jonas was going way quicker through there than he was.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly I agree there. And in all honesty, when Roglic's time came up, I thought it was a pretty on par time trial for what I expected from Roglic. Here, I'm, I'm not going to say that I expected more or less from him on this time trial. So perhaps that's just my expectations that were off in that sense. When it comes to Jonas, it's good to see that his time trials are getting better again because they were pretty terrible at some point during Tenero or something and now it feels like it's a bit better already and that he's closing up closer to that Roglic time trial again. I'm shocked by the fact that Derbich is that close in his time trial. I don't know why, but I did not expect him to be up there, definitely. But I got a message like from the... Uh, yeah, that's true. They've been on point, you're right. And the Hungarian Eurosport commentator we had on the podcast a few months ago during the Giro, he texted me last night, texted us last night. Yeah, uh, he's going to top five, I can feel it. And uh, yeah, he was sixth so he was wrong
0: you're close Danny (laughs) you're close but no cigar um Sobrero won the Giro last TT Yates won the first Giro TT and now Durk sixth they clearly have a fast setup and it is the haves and have nots I sort of got another comment on YouTube the other day or was on the podcast maybe can't remember and I was saying why do you talk about equipment it's not that big a difference it it really is. Like, yep. It really does make a big difference. Twenty seconds is a lot, and if Gegenhart's on Bahrain, he ain't coming top ten in this TT. Like it's not happening. And if Catania's not on the shiv, he's not beating Roglic in this TT either. Like these are just well, they're not facts because it's literally speculation. But in my mind, <laughs> they are facts. Um,
1: but um. I do also want to add that, for example, when it comes to Matteo Jorgensen, same story, you know, he's on Movistar equipment, he's getting 11 there, like he starts his time trial and he must know beforehand that he's got like a a bit of a disadvantage compared to the other competition in that sense. And I often feel like, do you think that that hurts riders mentally before a time trial like this, that they know their equipment might be worse than the opposition?
0: Yeah, it must be so demoralizing. Having knowing you're wearing a helmet that is slower, knowing that Alpecin-Phoenix, when they really care and want MVDP to do well, they take they share the same helmet manufacturer, Movistar and Alpecin. They throw MVDPs in the bin, and they get a white labeled laser, the one that Jumbo-Visma wear, and MVDP wears that. But Movistar don't let their riders do that. So Enric Maas trying to go for GT's <laughs> top three podiums in Grand Tours isn't allowed to wear a quicker helmet, but MVP can on Alperson because it's MVP and he does what he wants. So <laughs> it it does matter.
1: Yeah, and I also want to mention that I feel like there's two riders in that top 12 in this stage that I also... Other youngsters? Like, Scheimler is not necessarily a youngster anymore. Like, he's now 26, but I didn't expect him to top 12 this time trial, for example. I actually don't even remember him doing that amazing in the longer time trials before, but I might be wrong in that. I remember him from the prologues, the 11k time trial, stuff like that. So, it's good to see that he gets up there as well. But Ayuso as well. This guy is still 19, you know? This guy stopped 10 this time trial. He got 8th and 10th at the uh, time trial and prologue of Romandy. I feel like this man is showing every single race that he rides that he's getting like honestly good results for a 19 year old to the point where this man in two, three years, that's gonna be insane.
0: Yeah, he's as you know, my Twitter account is an official Ayuso Stan account, free Ayuso <laughs> always. Um he's legit good. Uh I worry about the pure climbing, but he's nineteen, as you said, we'll see about that on the weekend. Um with 11Ks, 9% to come, but top 10 of World Tour TT like this with Gano, Wout, Bernard, Roglic, Jonas all in the top five, and Hayter, Hayter's legit elite time trialist. That's a very, very nice result. Indeed, his teammate, we should mention, Brandon McNulty, was hopped a curb and I think rear-flatted or something, and then they tried to fix the bike. He had to stop, and they couldn't <laughs> fix the bike, and then you could see him just yeah. being like, oh, no. <laughs> and it was the longest bike change ever. They eventually changed the bike, but his TT was absolutely done. Uh, where did he come in the end? McNulty, 30 seconds. So obviously, normally McNulty would top 10 this easily. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's out of GC completely. We should say, wow, well, but not 56 seconds out of Roglic, Benji. Do Jumbo Visma ride for him for GC?
1: I, I mentioned it yesterday, and, and the answer of you was no. So... I'm going to uh, suggest that we keep ourselves with that with that answer because on paper, this means that Cataneo is now, outside of Vanat, the first rider in GC, three seconds ahead of Roglic. And then Vingegaard is like just behind Roglic already. Jumbo Visma is like three riders of the top four in GC. So I think that they could easily focus on Roglic and Vingegaard and not have Vanat destroy himself in the next couple of days to try and hunt for this. And they would still be pretty safe of winning GC like this. Like, they would have to do a lot wrong to lose right now, this race.
0: I mean, anything can happen. Christian did a t- 2020 crash on a descent where it was gravelly, ended Bookman's 2020 and Rob, which he wasn't the same as the tour. Paranese last got- year. What like, about? They've it? got
1: multiple options, you know? Like, they'd have to all crash out <laughs> for that to occur. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but if you both have a bad day on that mountaintop finish and Mass is flying or O'Connor, you are fucked. There's nothing you can do. Um, that's the problem. So I don't know. It's not. It's not a minute thirty. It is. Well, it's nearly a minute thirty on Mass tomorrow. Uh, this is what I want to discuss though. You look at tomorrow's stage. It's got two four K climbs at five and seven percent back to back. Then rolly hills. It's a medium. It's a light medium mountain stage. Not even medium mountain. That's a bit strong to call it that. Then, two point six k is four percent. Then one point eight k is five point six percent descent. Hundred sixty three k's at the finish. So that's about fourteen k's from the finish. Last climb, sprint finish. What are Yama going to do? Like the and then, but I should say that the staging gap is basically the same. It's a hilly sort of stage. Same finish. Like. They have to go for... Are they going to go for Van Aert's sprints again? Like,
1: what? Well, we've seen in multiple occasions that the initial part of the stage was not controlled by Yambo itself. I feel like for them to go for this stage, it indeed would have to be controlled by someone else initially, because I don't think their team is made to control a breakaway from the start, because they have too many GC riders in their squad to make that a thing, to to work that much for a route just at the start of a sprint stage. So for them to be able to win the stage i need another team to actually see them controlling like instead of yumbo to make sure that yumbo can kick in later and then go for it but it kind of depends on what they decide you know because we've seen stages where they did not take control in the final leader and then they were too late when it mattered so i'm going to go for cavana winning with a with a late attack and Vanad coming second again
0: when was the last time cavana's attack one of those seeders. Yeah. <laughs> Been a while, eh? <laughs> I remember the Catalonia one he tried. There's a stage, maybe Sagan one. But yeah, he surely will. Same with Honore, same with Bagioli. And that's the thing, like, if you want to win, like Wout's well, had three chances now. If you want to win G C, if Wout wasn't here, let's let's take a hypothetical. Wout's not here. Catanos or Ganners in the yellow jersey. And or even Roglic isn't. Say Roglic is in the yellow jersey, and you're Yumbo Visma tomorrow. You let the break win, hundred yeah. percent, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Because yeah, like you, will, you, there's no need to catch the breakaway and unless there's someone dangerous in it, and that will likely not be the case.
0: And to gap, you let the break win, and the next day you let the break win, and you just conserve for the mountaintop finish. That's what. Yeah, that's what UAE do, and that's the difficulty with having, I think, multiple multiple options. Sometimes an embarrassment of riches can be a, not a, well, it, it can be a bit of a burden because you're so incentivized to like we could win this stage, we could win every stage. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens uh tomorrow. Otherwise, the women's tour stage three was also on today from Tukesbury to Gloucester, 108k's long. I did think. This might be a little bit difficult for Lorena Vivas. She doesn't climb that well on the longer climbs, although she did do well on the the Vanberg in, I think they were on the Van Drenta, but this is a bit harder than that. They do two rep, uh, multiple reps of like 2.8Ks, 5.6%, percent 2 k 6%, 1.3Ks, 7%, but they crested 28Ks from the finish. I did think they'd be, yeah, other teams would be able to put her under pressure. Incorrect. The DSM lead out with five and Georgian Co once again, just way too good. And Fieber's wins by bike lengths uh, uh, wearing the, oh, she wasn't in the leader's jersey. She was in the points jersey. Yeah. Oh, maybe, she, I don't know what jersey she was in. She was in a pink jersey. And she wins easily ahead of Alexandra Manley, who's on Bike Exchange Jayco. She is 26, but is seen to be an absolutely, Purple patch of form. She won like four stages at the Touring and Ladies Tour. Uh, Lebeki third, Basoit fourth, Longoborghini, fifth, Confolonieri sixth, Duval, seventh, Numanova, eighth, Gasquien, ninth, and Borghese, tenth. But who can stop weber's Benji? What odds should she be for the Champs Elysees opener for the TDF?
1: Well, for that race, probably very low odds, but I feel like today they could have done the things differently against her because there were multiple situations when the race opened up on that speech house climb where they actually put pressure on Wibis, where she wasn't even in the group for multiple times. But every single time they came to a situation where the groups did not work together. And that's not how you keep Wibis behind. So... Either the teams that are in that group, which were larger groups, by the way, need to actively invest in keeping Wibis behind or they should just yeah give up. Because, like, what's the point then? If you, if you don't try anything when she's actually behind to keep her behind, then you're just going to end up sprinting against her at the finish line, which is exactly what happens today. So I think there were definitely situations today where other teams could have done something with the groups they were in, and therefore could have gotten advantage over Ribas, and she might not have come back to that group, and she might not have been able to sprint at the end of today's stage for the victory. But I feel like it's simple. If you go to the finish line with Ribas, and the finish stretch is not dangerous enough by the organizers to cause a crash that could actually hinder Ribas, then you're going to end up losing against Ribas. And if you want to win, then you're going to have to do something beforehand to try and drop her. So I feel like, Other teams should just attack her more. Like, there were not an endless amount of DSM riders still in the peloton, in my opinion. So, yeah, I feel like other teams messed up today.
0: And tomorrow is a similar opportunity. Like, it's a very, very similar stage, but with later, later, yeah, later climbs, but not as steep 13Ks, 10Ks from the finish, from Wrexham to Welshpool. It's kind of weird reading out non-continental European finish names I have to get engaged different part of my brain but yeah it's another opportunity to try and drop uh Lorena Viber's. I would suggest as Benji said that would be a very good idea and if you just go to the finish with her like say Alisa Longoborghini or Trek like that's that's got to be their best chance of winning they have a fairly decent team here with Cordon, Rigaud, Backstead, Hansen, Van Dijk, and Longo Borghini. But they've probably ridden for Hosking a little bit. I would say they should just fully light up those climbs if they can. Same with Canyon, Schramm, with Shabby, and Navea That's going to give them a better chance, I think, than winning with Barnes or Basoit. Uh, Maybe they can all pace and drop Beavis. I don't know. Um, but that'll be a good stage tomorrow. One would think it finishes earlier than the Dauphiné usually, so you can go back-to-back with those two stages. That's all from us today. We'll be back with maybe a break. Maybe Yamavisma will pace. We're not sure entirely. Maybe Haider will get one over. Maybe Ineos will pace hard. Who knows? They're getting better and better throughout this race, winning the stage today at the Dauphiné. We'll see you with the recap of that tomorrow. Ciao.